0: Um mm-hmm. the colloquial term is footsies, but we call it we call it footsies.
1: <laughs> Serious? <laughs> nice.
0: oh. What
2: you're going to hear about today is nothing short of a miracle. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Pub Stomp, a podcast about games, TV shows, movies, and pop culture in general. Every episode, we discuss topics that we find interesting. Come join our shenanigans.
1: Hey, welcome to another episode of Pub Stomp Podcast. Oh, guys, guys, today we have a guest, a guest appearance. from John. Porta John. What's up, John? Hello. What's up, Maxi?
2: Hey, hey. What's up, Tyler?
1: hey. Mexi sounds like crap because he's out in the <laughs> desert near the border eating tacos and shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he, he made it happen. He's not he's safe. He's in the good border, on the good side of the border. Don't worry.
2: I'm not in Canada.
1: You're not in Canada. <laughs> he's not in Canada. Oh, no, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. How's it going, guys? Good,
2: good.
3: good. good. Yeah, yeah, good, good. No, all right. Should have capitalized. Should have <laughs> capitalized and said he was <laughs> broadcasting live from the jungle or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the
1: Jungle. Oh man. Yeah. Is is actually another that, another that slight tangent. Is the last time I went to my hometown, the border situation was kind of weird. There was a lot of like roadblocks and stuff. Have you been into that area? Is it still pretty yeah, it's still intense? It's still pretty yeah. intense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, that that that's weird to me. Like
3: it's yeah. So by it's that that not you what I grew up with. Heightened security. Heightened <laughs> security. Mean- yeah. There's
2: okay. a like- crisis at the border. Three. I don't know if you've heard this. <laughs>
1: I mean, I've heard about it, but it was like you know, it's like it's my time. Like shut I the fuck
2: up about it.
1: <laughs> 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 it's just like where are we from? Is like pretty quiet, pretty quaint. There's nothing happening. It's not a big like pretty chill. You know. But yeah, those road roadblocks are a little bit intimidating.
2: Those barbed wires Same. and stuff now, too. Oh, god. So, all is Ryan that
3: was... is that all COVID stuff, or is this no? Dude, you just hear me? Stuff. There's
2: a crisis.
1: Oh, man. Oh, but you know who's not in crisis? South Park.
2: Uh, oh, yeah, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they, just, they got yeah, that.
1: Yep. Oh, they got the ching. What are they? Well, you guys were telling me about it. I don't know anything about this. I know South Park and Paramount Plus, and that's all I know. Maxi, you want to tell I mean, us more about what, what was going on there?
2: Yeah. So the South Park creators just signed a deal for 14 movies on Paramount Plus. 14 movies about 14 South Park. Movies.
3: 14 sounds like a lot. Do they for one one it sounds million? like a lot. <laughs> I it was dying out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I heard it. It was. It's like two movies a year they're shooting for. And I guess based on how quickly they can animate the show, they should probably be able to animate the movies really quickly too. Mm-hmm. Let's see.
1: Yeah. Cause the first, I only watched that first movie. Is there one, there's only one, right? The South park movie. Yeah. And that was, was, it was a little intense. Like I watched it when I was in high school, maybe. Yeah.
3: Right. Something it, was, about right? it was funny for the time of my life. I don't think, <laughs> I would think it was funny now, but I don't
1: Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's
3: intense. It's
1: just not my kind of show. Just you know, Uh, I I never
2: liked
1: any. You never liked any South Park. Okay. Eh. Eh. Really, I would think that you would like it.
2: Why? I mean, what are you trying to say?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, you make some jokes sometimes that it's like, oh, that's that should go on South
0: Park. Yeah but mm. uh, well, that's cool man mm. or, like are we talking like fart jokes or or like looping social commentary <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah, are those two uh, yes. you know, it's best <laughs> not to it's not to
2: ask the question
0: oh you're putting them out there you're putting them
1: out there oh snap yeah yeah so that's that's just why but i guess hey you know you have you have a, you're a man of class you know you don't like uh, certain stuff that's okay yeah to me for me it's too edgy i just can't do it also like yeah, yeah. animation is fine
3: well, they try to be edgy. That's the thing. Yeah, I think that's it's the like thing, right? Forced edginess.
1: Yeah. Cool, John. John, do you do you follow South Park? Do you watch it?
0: Yeah, I I watched it uh, quite a bit in like up until like the season nine or something like that, and uh, it you know. The, the early seasons are definitely like, like the crude ones and the shock humor ones. And then the later, the, the middle seasons that I watched, they started getting into more of some of that social commentary stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was that whole controversy about showing the prophet Muhammad and, uh, Tom Cruise suing them and all that kind of crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, and there's like a, anytime they would touch on politics, it would usually be like a a middle, a middling stance. And that was always interesting to me. Um, that kind of created this whole, subclass of uh of uh po- political blues called south park libertarians if you ever get a chance <laughs> to google that
1: okay we'll mm-hmm. check it out yeah it's, yeah yeah you're right it's more, most the most recent years it's been about because i see the memes right and it's, it's pretty funny mm-hmm. but i just yeah. i don't know if i would watch the show so it's good for paramount plus right because i don't know what else they got going for them
0: i, I mean i guess they have a bunch of movies Paramount yeah Paramount's known for their their movies. I think they have like all the Transformers movies. Um and actually I toured their Paramount Studios once when I was in in Hollywood. Oh. And that was super fun. Um like we got to go see a uh, um a bunch of different sets for shows they were uh piloting. Um like one was uh it was for Paramount Plus. It was um it was it was the big show, the wrestler, the big show and the, the, the shtick was he the big show raises two daughters and we got, we got to watch, walk the set and see the bedrooms of each daughter and how big the big door is. The, the door is so that way the big show could get through it. Oh, dang.
1: nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's cool. Well, yeah, I haven't, I don't know. Like now it seems like we're going back to cable time, but it's like on demand. It's like a different transformation, right? Yeah. Different era. Yeah. But cable's still around. So it's like, I guess it
3: still makes you gotta, money. You got to share. So it's the only way that works. Gotta share
1: because it cut
0: cut the cord, and then all of a sudden I have seven subscriptions. It's annoying. I feel like they're all gonna start uniting with each other, and then you're gonna get packages of streaming services. I think you've already got some of that with the Disney stuff. (laughs) Yes, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So then that Ah. turns into your cable cable packages.
2: I I think personally, what's gonna happen is Disney's just gonna buy all of them, and then (laughs) it's (laughs) fine. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And it's gonna be fifty bucks a month, and then you get them as long as they don't bring back contracts it's fine as long as you can cancel whatever you want that's the big one right contracts because yeah cool cool all right well
1: that's that watch watch south park is coming to your uh, tv near you on your streaming devices on paramount plus whatever that is Fun <laughs> uh,
2: fact before we break iron man was a paramount property huh?
3: Oh, huh? Uh, yeah oh uh, oh yeah yeah Interesting. and uh disney was like My. what could have been i
1: needed what for- could
2: have been yep
1: I need it for the thing I'm building. It's a uh, new concept called uh, the Avengers.
2: <laughs> the Avengers yeah. in that will yeah. never work.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's gonna stupid. make no money whatsoever.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so stupid. Uh, look at us
0: now.
2: Yeah. Next thing you yeah. know, they're gonna have the Fast and the Furious guys be super agents, super secret agents. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, enough tie. of that. Enough <laughs> of that shenanigans. We're gonna get into what we're doing today. We're gonna interview, we're gonna ask John some questions. And I guess we didn't do a proper introduction. So, John, or Porta John, also known in the gaming community, he does both competing and runs tournaments for uh fighting games. And I don't know much about that genre, so we're gonna ask John about some questions and he's gonna tell us all about it. But hey, John. I missed anything in your intro anything else you want to add let us know i think this is your your time here
0: yeah i mean um uh, the big thing is uh i so i yeah I, I play games and i stream them and then i also run tournaments for them um and then i've been doing this for probably i've been playing games competitive fighting games uh for about 10 years um i started in college uh with the release of street fighter 4 um and then um yeah Pretty much, uh, I've just been doing all that since, you know, the streaming kind of ebbs and flows based on what tournaments I'm running. And um, it's the most recent tournament we ran was a charity tournament. Super awesome.
1: Nice. Nice. <clears throat> so I guess we'll start with the with the first question. You, you kind of said that you started 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess the general question is like, w- what is the the fighting game genre and what is it that attracted you to it?
0: Um. Yeah, so... I started in, yeah, in 2009 or so. Uh, the fighting game community timeline is interesting where, you know, uh, the, the whole genre started with Street Fighter 2 um, in the in it was released in the 90s. And, you, you know, everybody kind of it was such a craze where it showed up in arcades everywhere. It showed up in gas stations everywhere, like or they made all kinds of TV shows and toys and <laughs> movies and whatnot. So it became kind of a pop culture thing for a little while um and then you know fighting games kind of rode on that success and like branched off and created subgenres from Street Fighter 2 and then around 2003 though or like around 2000 and, or 1999 when Street Fighter 3 came out um it was not very well received initially and so the fighting game competitive scene population kind of d- dwindled until uh it hit its low in like 2003 um With the dark in 2003 ages. Yeah. Yeah. They call it the FGC Dark Ages. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, And they called it like right before that, they called it the Golden Age. Um, And then um, so then, you know, fighting it like there was a brief resurgence uh, with the uh, the Daigo parry. And I'm not sure if anyone's here on the call seen that, but it's um, it's basically a a competitive player from Japan playing in a tournament in the U.S. and parrying an entire super where you have milliseconds to really like react to different Mm -hmm. hits um and that exploded uh that like exploded the scene a little bit further um and kept it alive for a little bit in 2000 until 2009 when they revitalized the, the street fighter series with street fighter 4 um other fighting games within the scene at that time like tekken and soul Calibur and whatnot had been and mortal Kombat had been releasing steadily but even then there was never like the height of the competitive scene um so 2009 street fighter 4 comes out and it brings in a bunch of new players and one of those is myself and since then we've just grown exponentially um so that's kind said, of a long-winded <laughs> explanation yeah, no, no 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 yeah so yeah.
1: so i guess you were or you always since you start so you said so somehow you had to get into the the, the genre right did you always yeah. just play the games you loved playing fighting games
0: yeah i mean uh so uh you know a lot of people when they say they've been playing fighting games for a while like they they'll say that they started really young and all mm-hmm. that fun stuff um i didn't start until i was in college and that was because of uh um uh, basically i had a friend in college who was played fighting games growing up and played with his brother all the time um and he never played competitively or anything he just played with his brother and uh we we were always hanging out every Tuesday at GameWorks in Arizona mills and GameWorks yeah. uh, does uh, used to do free play Tuesdays. Um, and so you would always, you would, you would basically pay 15 bucks or 10 bucks or something. And then you'd get unlimited games for the whole night. And, you know, there's all kinds of different games to try and whatnot, but I started playing fighting games with my friend there and he just beat my ass over and over and over again. And I was like, man, these are really intricate, these kinds of like all the different tools and options that you can do, and the fact that like you're ultimately playing against one other person, um, and there's really nothing, and it's just you, your opponent in the game, and it's, there's no other like really complicated things besides that. Um, and uh, so I, you know, I just kind of got tired of losing to my friend, and I bought copies of fighting games at home, and uh, <laughs> just practiced until i beat my friend and then when street fighter 4 came out that was like when i decided to try to beat other people's friends (laughs) Nice, nice. that's that's pretty cool
2: spite is the ultimate motivator (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I think every every
0: competitive fighting game player has a a storyline where they were playing with a sibling or they they wanted to beat their neighbor or they wanted to beat everybody at their local arcade and then it, it always just turns into okay now i want to beat the next like Large group of people. I want to beat everybody in my state, and then I want to beat everybody in my country, and I want to beat everybody in the world. Nice.
2: So, is there any point where you're like, you see the matrix where you're not just button mashing; you actually know what you're pressing?
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah there there are instances of flow uh, to the point mm-hmm. where you are reacting without even thinking at times. Um and it like for an anti-air or for uh, a reaction super or something like that like you're just kind of going for it and playing on muscle memory instead that's pretty okay, cool so
2: it's like go cool instinct at that point
0: yeah if you're in somebody's head if you're really in somebody's head you know what they're going to do two steps in advance and you can condition them to, to, to actually get them to do what you want them to do
2: what it's like chess
0: <laughs> yeah it's like chess yeah
1: I watched some of your streams, and I was like, "You're trying to explain some stuff." I was like, "I have no idea what's going on." You're like, yeah. "Oh yeah, clearly here," and the, and you have the controller mapping, right? You have the buttons that you press. Mm-hmm. I was yes. like, "I have no idea. Can't follow this. I I, I honestly can't." But because it takes practice, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, we have like our own like sub language, I guess, of mm-hmm. of terms, and that's probably why I like it, it, like my stream tends to focus on more of the competitive aspect of it, and you know, I'll use different terms that we in the fighting game community use to describe a situation, but that's not always well translated. Like I might say, um, you know, I, I got a knock down, I'm going to go for Oki. And then that's a, what that really means is, you know, I, I knocked the other character down. I'm going to put offensive pressure on my opponent as they wake up, as they stand up and recover and, and maintain my offense. But it's way quicker to say I'm, I'm going for Oki. Yeah. Yeah, Oki, stands yeah. for, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oki stands for that too. Oki stands for Oki and that's uh that's a Japanese term for uh a wake up actually. <laughs> oh,
1: that's interesting, yeah. So uh so I guess going you, you mentioned your stream briefly and I, that's that's kinda like where I saw like what you did and kind of mm-hmm. like kinda like I did a little bit of a, uh investigation to kind of like to understand what what the space was. But maybe you can explain a little bit more about the tournaments that you run. And how they're structured, because that's I I used to watch a lot of league, and I think Max used to watch a lot of league as well. Mm-hmm. We that's kind of like some style of playing, but I don't know how it is in fighting games.
2: And I watch fighting games tournaments. I don't know oh, what's what do? going on half the time. Yeah. Oh really? I emo and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm just I'm just watching it. Like I see KO. So when somebody won,
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> actually <know> <laughs> that's one of my favorite things about fighting games is they're pretty hype to watch um you, you could know nothing about the game but if you know that one person's life bar is way bigger than the other ones or one person is about to die <laughs> yeah. and you get hype it's yeah. really straightforward you know yeah.
2: well yeah like when you see a super go down it's super cool because you're just like if yeah. the screen flashes it's like in a casino you're just like yeah. lights are happening something cool and yep. then when somebody counters it's just like a really quick like the lights stop you're just like oh what is happening yep.
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, so, yeah you know there's layers to it because then that super could have been done in like preemptively based on the previous rounds habits or something like that and you know like really like astute players will see that and see the conditioning that happened over the course of the match and that's hype but then also just seeing all the, the crazy lights and stuff and the epic moment like that mm-hmm. that's also hype so there's like these different layers that everybody unites in cheering at the same time it's super cool <laughs> okay. um so as far as tournaments go this uh like Uh, you can kind of break them up into different levels um, particularly with uh, the way the pandemic has affected them (laughs) Um, you have local tournaments and that's where you know every every community based on their size uh, both the size of the state and the size of the uh, the people the number of people interested in in fighting games competitively uh, they you you can run local tournaments so in arizona uh, we actually have two two or three local scenes um one in Phoenix, one in Tucson, and then one up north. Uh, there's a couple of folks I believe who play in in Yuma as well. Um, oh, Yuma, yeah. And so there will be times where we run like local tournaments, and uh, that the numbers can range from ten to twenty to you know thirty for a new game release uh, when everything everybody's hyped. Um, and then every now and then we'll all kind of have a big tournament where all the different scenes come up and play each other. And usually we have that in Phoenix. And so you have. You know, 40 or 50, sometimes 70 players, um, and then you could you get a little bit larger. You go to the major level um, where you get you know hundreds or thousands in some case, or not closer to hundreds of entrants. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are like your your regional majors, like your Combo Breaker or your CEO or um, uh, SoCal Regionals. Um, those are you know those are the ones you travel to other states for. And then you have like the mega tier uh uh tournaments like uh Evo, which is the largest open tournament uh in all of esports, I believe, where um Street Fighter V currently holds the record for most entrants at, at five thousand. Um think, and that's that those function as essentially the world championships because everybody who everybody flies in for Evo. Um so yeah, as far yes. as tournaments go, I've competed at pretty much every level. Uh, and then I've run tournaments uh my my the tournaments i run tend to be run locally um like i I don't have a lot of partnerships with the the big guys Uh, that's not really something i I, it requires a lot of traveling
1: (laughs) gotcha yeah (laughs) so is it are most tournaments like are most of the tournaments like a bracket system or Mm -hmm. or something like that or like best of five
0: yeah yeah so um the all tournaments are run on a, a double double elimination format um the reality with uh fighting games is um or any any asymmetrical game is that you're going to have bad matchups. Even in chess, right? You have like black as a bad matchup for white. Uh or rather the other way around. <laughs> white beats black <laughs> because it goes first, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But um uh so the way to mitigate bad matchups is to give everybody a second chance. So double elimination bracket if your your viewers aren't aware is when you play a tournament match you advance to the bracket, but if you lose you go into a, a losers bracket or a lower bracket where mm-hmm. um you basically get to play there until you hit the end of your bracket and then the winner of the winners bracket plays against the winner of the losers bracket. Nice. So everybody gets nice. two shots basically.
1: Nice. That's pretty um, cool. Are they pretty fast? I imagine right because the games don't go for that long. They're pretty fast.
0: Uh, it's gonna depend on the game. Um, it's gonna it's also gonna depend on the life cycle of the game where. Early on, people don't have their damage and combos optimized, so they're going to do less damage and the games are going to go longer. Um, and then later on in the game, um, you know, it's it, everyone's super optimal. They're doing like max damage punishes and combos. Um, and that will uh, usually that's where, what like Marvel versus Capcom 3 is a really good example where, um, you know, at the beginning, the game had a lot of time overs because nobody could um, nobody could do full combos. They would do maybe like 25% life on one combo. But then at the end, everyone's killing a character in one combo in a three v three game, so everyone loses in three hits.
3: Oh, so that that leads me to a question: But do the tournaments start as the game releases, or does the game usually have some time? Okay, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, everyone's hyped about the game. Actually, yeah. So there's there's the 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 phase of the game is like the discovery phase where nobody really knows like what the best thing is, who's top tier, what the meta looks like, and then that that's where every, like creativity shines the most you got you're it's a, you're racing basically to be the first person to figure out these who's the best right. and what kind of um you know offensive pressure defensive tools are are effective in the in the new game engine
2: so adding to that is there so like you mentioned earlier like street fighter was the one that started off and then like mortal combat and came is there like yeah. tribes like oh absolutely certain people only play street fighter <laughs> certain people only play or like I know like Guilt Gear is kinda of the same as other ones, like Yeah. Uh Blaze Blue or something like that, right? Uh-huh.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Word, you, like. you, so you can usually you can break them down into like Capcom players. Um they tend to play only Street Fighter, but they can branch out into the Marvel vs. series. Um then you have three D players. Um that's a whole different subset where you can have Tekken players and Soul Calibur players. Um uh, and DOA players. Um,
2: sounded like you had disgusted by that right one.
0: No, I forgot about <laughs> DOA as a three D game. My, my friend's going to kill me. <laughs> he's, he's a, there's a big DOA uh, proponent scene here. Um, uh, and then um, NRS players. Um, those are the folks that play Mortal Kombat and Injustice. Anybody that plays a game by NetherRealm Studios, they have a pretty much a pretty um, uh, unique engine. And so those play, kinds of players tend to focus solely on NRS games. You get Smash Brothers, uh, where that is uh, a mm-hmm. very uh, different kind of fighting game. They call it the platform, platformer fighter subgenre. Um, and mm-hmm. then by and large, they're probably the most insulated uh, scene where I don't see a ton of crossover. Every now and then you'll see one, one or two players give it a shot. I think like Leffen's trying right now. And then locally, we've got a ton of Smash players that are into Guilty Gear. Um, and then you have anime and anime is that big umbrella that you mentioned which is like guilty gear blaze blue blaze blue crosstack persona melty blood um what's some grand blue fantasy versus uh basically anything by arc systems works or uh, uh indie japanese developer <laughs> <laughs> um those they're usually like heavily anime inspired games and those are the ones with crazy offensive mechanics and movement uh so i
1: guess following up so you say you you run tournaments is it do you like also MC the tournament as, as people are fighting? Because I, th- I think Maxi Mex- and I went to E3 and I, I don't know if you remember, Maxi. We sat down on some chairs and we're watching tournaments sponsored by T-Mobile and somebody is describing
0: what's going on.
1: Th- th- are you that kind of person describing what's going on during the tournament or are you doing like, the logistics behind it?
0: Um, it kind of depends on my my capacity as far as the tournament goes, I like oh. I help run a lot of the tournaments that my friends are like the head honcho of, like showrunner almost. Um okay. and in those cases I help out and do commentary. Um oh, cool. Other times, um, you know, I'm the the, the the tournament was my idea and I'm running the tournament. Um and so mm. I'm busy and so I, I use other commentators instead. And we kind of just rotate.
1: Nice. So you guess you do 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 it all, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the commentary stuff kinda helped me a lot with streaming. Um where it's actually an interesting challenge because playing and, and and talking at the same time is kind of hard especially if you're like really focused um mm-hmm. but the commentary has helped me kind of take take a step back and look at my gameplay as a viewer not just as a player and that's a lot of fun it helps actually helps yeah, me get better too yeah nice nice that's pretty cool
2: so when you do these tournaments do you focus like do you do you, i know you do mostly street fighter but like do you only do Street Fighter, or do you try to include the other genres, or not genres, but subgenres? I guess is the best word.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so with um, I mentioned locals earlier, right? Um, mm-hmm. We can run tournaments, and we can actually run tournament series. Um, there's a a specific format that we use called ranking battles, and that's been around since before I was part of the scene. Where uh, you run five tournaments in a on a biweekly fashion, uh, and that encompasses a season where the first the the person that gets first place at each tournament kind of accrues points and uh, top eight i believe accrues points and at the end you have a, a final winner for the season um this and so in, yeah and so in those ranking battles we call them ran um they are uh usually a ser- series of different games and for each scene basically um right now our our like current games are street fighter 5 guilty gear strive Tekken seven, um, and then there's usually some smaller uh, events like Dead or Alive or uh, Samurai Showdown. I, I think that game might have died out uh, a little <laughs> bit, though. Um, but yeah, we try nice. to include multiple games, multiple genres. Nice,
1: cool. Cool. Uh, so I'm gonna ask: like, the, your stream is called a uh, Spiral Series. Is that mm-hmm. like uh, is it tied to a specific? tournament or like specific uh entity or yeah key, maybe, maybe just telling
0: yeah yeah um it's <laughs> a mean, uh it's a reference to tengen top grand lagan <laughs> oh. i don't know it's an oh. anime oh. if you guys have ever seen that i was that,
1: wondering too It's like ah is it is it no it can't be yeah. okay <laughs> nice
0: <laughs> it's related to spirals i also went by yeah, a former that's... gamer tag that uh was referencing spirals um and so i was just like yeah, there's. I I like Grand Lagon a lot, and spirals are cool. Dude. So we're doing it. <laughs>
1: oh nice. Yes, he Grand so much is of, cooler. Yeah, it's one of it's one of my favorites. It warms my heart that you said that. So yeah,
0: yeah. Anything <laughs> by Studio Trigger is awesome. Kill out Kills yeah. also amazing. Oh, the, is there anything you seen? Pro Mayor. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, suck <laughs> it. Nice. Oh, nice. My heart just
0: fluttered <laughs> a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're, I. I Boys. I, I, I originally picked spiral series, uh, because I wanted to do a tournament series and that's what I wanted to call it. Uh, and that ended up being a brand, uh, for, uh, the tournaments that, that I ran. I started that with my, with my friend, Terrence. Um, and then, you know, with those tournaments, it gradually, uh, technology evolved where we could stream those tournaments live. And this is in 2013 or so. And, uh, so I started, we started streaming on a, on a channel and then, uh, we were doing stuff like sponsoring players and using it as a clan tag. So you'd see SSE uh, in Mm -hmm. front of people's names. Um, And then, you know, over time I kind of, I kind of stepped away from being the main organizer in Arizona to just being more of a player. Um, And then I started streaming more regularly, particularly during the pandemic where I didn't have a ton to do. So I was streaming a lot and I just continued using that brand ever since I had all the assets from, you know, the, all the promotional material for the tournaments. I'm just like, I'm going to reuse
1: yeah, this <laughs> exactly, yeah, that's the hardest thing, I think. I mean, we started this podcast because of the pandemic, too, so ah, I get you know how it is, yeah, 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 cool, cool. All right, so I guess you already described which kind of uh, games you're playing, and uh, so I'm gonna skip that question and we're gonna go to the, the more like meta questions. I know you, you mentioned that games fighting games usually follow some meta at the beginning, and I'm I come from League of Legends, so usually like some kind of meta when you mm-hmm. play those types of games that develops. What are some of the current uh maybe it's i don't hopefully it's not the technical of a question but what are some of the metas that are, like exist in these types of games sure
0: yeah um in every fighting game there's always going to be a neutral game and then there's going to be a wake-up game and so a neutral game is basically your opponents are kind of sitting at a state where they are they don't have advantage they don't have disadvantage they're just in a neutral spot and then you are as well and at some point someone makes a move to be the aggressor um And so you can best compare that to in League of Legends, you can best compare that to the laning phase, where you're kind of weaving in, like if top lane is probably the best way to describe a fighting game, where you are weaving in and out of people's ranges, Um, Mm -hmm. you are trying to check your opponent, get them to overextend, and then capitalize on it. Right? Um, When you when you kill your opponent in um, in League of Legends, you know you force them back in the lane, and then you get to take advantage of that. Right? It's like that in fighting games, where eventually you get a knockdown or you get some kind of offensive pressure on them and at that point you transition into a um uh, a mix-up game where it's it's almost like a weapon triangle where you have strike throw and block so strike Mm -hmm. beats throw and throw beats block and then block beats strike and so every every fighting game you can kind of boil it down into that and then they branch off of that as well where your strike can be an invincible strike or a non-invincible strike or it can be a slow strike or a fast strike or your your throw can be invulnerable to uh, certain to another throw, or like your blocking can be you have to block high or you have to block low, or all, all kinds of different things there. Or for 3D games, you can sidestep this um, the, based on the kind of different based on each subgenre. That's where it evolves, but then you can always boil it down to strike, throw, and block. Um,
1: okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, thank you for the analogy to Lee because that helps a lot.
3: <laughs> that that sure. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> this is English now. <laughs> yeah i know right i was like oh because I, I i
1: swear when i tried to watch these these things and i was like i have no idea what's happening like but that that actually makes a lot of sense
0: you also have so, character matchups like archetypes <laughs> where um you know certain like a zoner will will tend to beat a grappler because they can keep them out or a mid a mid-range rushdown character may lose to a zoner because they got to get in like um like character kits uh is a good way to kind of you can describe different matchups that way and it's going to vary depending yeah. on the game on how hard or or easy they can be.
1: So I guess to that point, when you're somebody's when you in a tournament or, you, or you're playing against somebody, mm-hmm. do you get to pick? Is there like a pick order? Like you pick something and then I'll pick after to kind of like, or is it you pick at the same time? Blind pick, I guess.
0: Um, you can do both. Uh, the big thing about fighting game tournaments and, uh, is that a lot of characters, a lot of people can only play like one or two characters. They have a, right. a, a main and then they have a counter pick character. Uh, to mm-hmm. cover bad matchups um and uh you know there are some players that can play like four or five characters but that's very rare uh usually you see one person playing one character for the entirety of a of a game and then they they might actually switch between seasons based on balance patches but they'll still only mm-hmm. play that one character because that's see. all you can really like um handle i guess
1: yeah yeah that makes sense you mentioned the weaknesses so it would be kind of it would suck if you always had like a bad matchup yeah. and you could do nothing about it so
0: yeah, so what'll happen then is um uh people kind of you can request a blind pick um and so you can avoid matchups or you can uh, you can avoid counter picks that way but otherwise it's kind of like whoever wants to uh pick first. That's actually in a lot of ways that's the first part of the tournament match. The tournament match actually starts on the character select screen because you can tell if a person is waiting to counter pick you then they may or may not you can tell them they have two different characters at least and they may or may not know how to play both of those characters to the full capacity that you know how to play your single character. And gotcha. so you play this dance or maybe you have four, like two or three characters that you want to counterpick with and you play this weird dance until someone either calls for <laughs> blind pick or um, you, uh, you eventually settle. Someone settles on playing a bad matchup. Gotcha. Oh. This is like the
1: the meta game of the game. Damn, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Mind games. Yeah, yeah. You for the timer to go to zero. I was like, who's gonna pick first? A game of chicken, right?
0: Yeah, I, there's yes. a there's a joke we use or a saying we use. They say called uh, where you lose at the character select screen, where you're playing such a bad matchup that you've already lost before the game started. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Damn, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs>
2: uh, so you mentioned like balance patches. So like, what yeah. do they do to keep the meta? getting stale right because in most like from my understanding there's not much you can change right in the fighting game so like how do they keep it fresh how to keep people excited to keep playing
0: yeah I mean um do you want me to use more MOBA analogies or
1: <laughs> you can I don't do, know, explain yeah I mean,
0: yeah however you want man okay cool cool so um you know balance patches are a relatively new thing in the FGC um where uh before what you would do to rebalance is release a new version of the game. So Street Fighter 2 came out in 91. Uh, Street Fighter 2, uh, Super Street Fighter 2 came out after that. And then it's followed by Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Super Street Fighter Hyper Fighting, etc. Like they just keep release, releasing the same game over and over again. But it's got slight tweaks where, oh, we added a combo counter. We added cancels. We had added um, uh, new characters or we changed some, some frame data. So all those kinds of things are like the knobs and dials that you can you can twist in order to try to achieve as a best of a balance as you can where you have everybody that's fun to play but they're also really good and you can have you're going to have polarizing matchups no matter what um because it's an asymmetrical game and there's just always a ton of characters in each fighting game but it's about trying to tune it tune an individual character's um tool set uh and balance an ecosystem of matchups between all the different characters in the game. And there will be times where you can tweak it at the universal level and say, okay, I want to introduce this new universal mechanic so everybody has access to it, and then some characters are going to benefit better from that than others. Um, uh, I see that a lot in in Guilty Gear or anime games in particular where you have uh, universal mechanics that everybody has. Everybody has a strong defensive mechanic or everybody has a strong offensive mechanic. And you can use those to kind of li- like even the playing field while still keeping the the um, diversity between all the casts and their options uh, in mind. Okay.
2: Nice, <clears throat> nice. So I know you probably played a lot of like different fighting games and stuff. Like there is, mm-hmm. is there ever a point where you're like, you get a character and then you're like, this character is the same as this other one. Like does it ever get to that point to you? All the
0: time, Yeah. <laughs> All of them. Um, that's, that's important too. Cause everybody's got their own unique style. Um, and so like I may, fa- even me throughout my career, I've, I've phased between different styles. Like currently I like playing very slow defensive style. Um, and so like I play Chun-Li in street fighter five. And so the first thing when guilty gear came out, the first thing I tried to do was find a character that was like Chun-Li. Um, and mm. I settled on, uh, uh, character called Ramlethal where she focuses on long distance pokes. And then pressure after you knock them down from your long distance pokes, like you or poke is a fighting game term for just like sticking out a a big button, like hitting medium punch <laughs> or hitting slash, and then you know that takes up space on the screen.
3: Ooh, I want to add to that the balance and, and and that sort of thing. This might be a stupid question, but over based on your experience, and I know it's going to depend on the game, but does it seem very balanced where? Uh, many players are playing different characters or do is there a strong meta where people focus on a few
0: um it's going to depend on the game i know for mortal Kombat, like nrs games uh, in particular a lot of characters play similar to one another and so it's easier for players to play multiple characters um there are other times when balance is just so absurdly lopsided where you have an s tier and that's three or four characters um that are uh, the dominant and then your whole meta revolves around uh, counter picking those characters um, examples mm. of the so most that that's kind of a from a previous era where balance patches weren't common enough so like Marvel vs. Capcom 2 is a really good example where you have a top five like Sentinel, Magneto, Storm, Cable uh, uh, and uh, those characters are just rotated amongst different teams and everybody else in the cast just gets completely washed by them mm um but that's because they stopped releasing new versions of marvel versus capcom 2 because they didn't have the marvel license and like so (laughs) those kinds of lopsided games uh sometimes become more fun that way um where you only have to learn a couple matchups um but they don't happen as often Mm. anymore that's a fair point i haven't looked
3: at it from through that lens
0: yeah another example is third strike where or street fighter 3 where you have chun yun and ken as the top and then uh, you have a whole like second tier of characters that are based on counterpicking them as the meta. And then you have the characters that are complete garbage. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. Cool.
1: So the next question is, uh, I guess if, if Maxi were to, you know, say, I'm going to become a fighting game genre. You no know, person. He's like, which game would you recommend starting with like right now in 2021? And, and why?
2: Ooh, I want to uh, add to this too. Well, <laughs> is, is there like a tier list of fighting games? Like you say, and maybe this is all opinion, or maybe there's like a general consensus. Like we say, Street Fighter Five is the best fighting game.
0: Oh et cetera, no, etc. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting baited <laughs> right now. Yeah, no,
2: um, you don't have to answer. You don't have to answer it. Just there's
0: there, like whose game is best is always going to be a, a hot, hotly debated topic. Um, there's going to be uh, it's it's tribalism at its finest. Um, <laughs> There are, there are entry-level games, I think, uh, and the beauty of those games is that you can keep playing those games if you want, or you can branch out into more complicated games based on your preferences. Um, those entry-level games, I would put Street Fighter as one of them for sure. Um, Tekken would be another one, and then S- Smash Brothers would actually be the third one, where um, based on, like, I would, I would say, do you want to play 2D, do you want to play 3D, or do you want to play platform? And then from there, decide um, what you like best about each of those games and then branch into your subgenres. So like, for example, with Tekken, right? Say you really like you like Tekken a lot, but you don't care for as much for movement or you wish that you could be juggled less than you would play. You could try DOA instead. Or you could try Soul Calibur instead if you want more of a high-low guard break system. Um, for Street Fighter, you can decide, hey, I really like offensive pressure and movement Um, So I want to transition to anime games or I can if I like defense, then I could uh, I could stick I could move more to like an NRS style game Um, that kind of all all, they all kind of like branch into one another, basically. Um, And frankly, like it's going to be like it's going to be your complexity, but it's also going to be your aesthetics. It's going to be what art style looks the best that you would be most passionate about because you're more likely to stick with the game if if you like it and it looks cool um so like i know a lot of folks that like the the nr the mortal Kombat style where it's pretty realistic and it's um but it's also like 80s camp you know and then you have yeah. kind of the anime games If you're a big fan of anime and and dragon ball fighters came out recently and you know if you love dragon ball then you're gonna play it you know or marvel versus capcom you know if you like if you like marvel properties because those are i hear those are pretty popular right now yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: or doa for no particular reason okay? yeah yeah doa if you <laughs> like if you
0: like costumes <laughs>
2: Yeah. or volleyball D- i heard they have a really good volleyball game
0: <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> no but doa in particular also has a uh has a rock paper scissors um uh combo breaker, combo breaker system uh and that's that's unique to it's it's it, that that game's engine and i know a lot of folks that like that over tekken for that reason
1: see so i guess a, a, a small aside here doa stands for dead or alive dead or alive and the f- and it's famous because of its uh explicit yepness yep. right yeah, yep. yeah. okay yeah. <laughs> just just to make sure i'm, I'm sure let's make sure, just to want to make sure of it's game that yeah yeah a lot of fan service see i i just can't do that i, I will stop watching anime if there's too much of that <laughs> yeah. I, I just i just can't it's like i can't, I can't get out of my face You don't like (laughs) you don't like the
0: beach episode every every anime. No, (laughs) no. (laughs) it's just like you know, it's not for me. (laughs) Cool, cool. All
1: right, so I guess transitioning to that, like, so now you you pick your game. You Maxi got his own game, and now he's like getting good at the game. So there's usually some techniques that you have to master. Like, I guess if you sticking with the um, uh, moba analogy, farming is a big thing. You need to learn how to do so you can like farming is is essential to the game because more farm you do the more money you get the more things you can buy so is there something similar in fighting games and what's something that kind of like an intermediate strategy that you as you practice the game what is that thing that you're looking for
0: does that question make sense yeah yeah um yeah uh there's a couple different routes you could go to kind of get uh best practices so to speak um everyone talks about fighting game fundamentals um and mm-hmm. that is uh some form of space control so i mentioned top laning as a good example where you're weaving in and out of people's ranges and you're in a neutral game um mm-hmm. the colloquial term is footsies but we call it we call it footsies where you're kind of like <laughs> wiggling in and out and you're sticking your yes. game kick you're, like you're literally sticking your feet out there to try to like play footsies with them <laughs> um so we say that a lot play footsies with them return to neutral um and so a lot of that is just knowing your uh knowing your ranges, your character's ranges, your character's options. Uh, so I, if I hit crouching medium kick, I know that I control you know, X amount of space on the screen. So I can threaten with that and keep my opponent from moving into that space. Um, so understanding what your normals reach and then from there figuring out, okay, I landed this normal attack, this crouching medium kick. Uh, what what can I get off of that? Can I combo that into a knockdown? And if so, then I get into that, that strike throw block triangle I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, always maintaining situational awareness, like knowing how much meter, how much life your opponent has, because uh, that can influence their decisions psychologically. If they if they have if they have if they have a life deficit, then they're going to be more aggressive in order to to um, make up for that deficit. Same deal as like with League of Legends, if someone's ahead on kills, right, they're going to be more aggressive because they have the tools to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, the currency that uh, we have in fighting games is meter. Uh, so every every attack, every Uh, that lands or even is blocked you can build meter every time you take a hit you build meter and then you can use that to increase the number of options that you approach your opponent with like with supers with ex moves with uh roman cancels depending on the game um and then your time uh knowing like how long the game the game is gone because at the end of the game timer whoever has the most life wins um so uh if you have 30 seconds on the timer you may actually be more inclined to be defensive because your life lead is so large or if you you know there's only 10 seconds left and you and you're you have a life deficit you got to go balls to the wall Mm. Um, and then from there you can use that to see what your opponent's going to do and then you know once you're like really like good fundamentally and you know like how to play the game and how to condition people and play that mental game with your opponent you can start getting into the deeper concepts like frame data and knowing like you know, this, this button, you know, I blocked this, it's plus three on block and my fastest move is a four frame normal. So anything that oh, sh- I hit is going to be hit uh, is going to be counter hit. And so I shouldn't hit a button there, but maybe my opponent knows that. So I'm going to invincible dragon punch and blow through everything. Like you get into that, like frame data math, mathematical equation check. And oh, sh- yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man i imagine that like a gif with the guy like doing math in his head yeah card counting yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh dang that's intense yeah i never i never thought that was i know right (laughs) frame counting i've only heard heard of that in speed in speed runs like frame yeah and stuff yeah yeah. it's something very similar yeah nice thanks for that because that's that's pretty that's pretty in depth. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so I if, guess, you, uh, if you want an explanation for frame uh, frame data, I can go a little bit deeper, but I don't know how interesting that would
1: be. Uh, <laughs> I think we could probably save that for another one. So, sure. think this, this is as far as we can go in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but I guess I guess onto that note, I guess since you mentioned that, are do you recommend any like first like gear like I, I, most people use fight sticks, right? Uh, uh, gear or like stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, so. The fighting game community like the community part is a big aspect of it right and so some a lot of folks like they pick up an arcade stick and myself included i picked up an arcade stick to to fit in uh to at the in the community because everybody was mm-hmm. using a stick at that time because everybody came from right. arcades um and you know you get this idea that it's tribalism at it's best so you get this idea that the arcade stick gives you the advantage but nowadays you know with more modern games people are designing them with multiple kinds of controllers in mind um so you don't actually need a fighting game uh a fighting a fight stick if you don't want to play on one if you grew up playing on a controller then play on a controller there's one guy uh it was an evo match he beat a guy he beat a well-known player in blaze blue with a steering wheel um, what? What? A steering wheel controller the reality <laughs> is the steering wheel controller is just a pad uh controller that it has a big wheel on the outside of it and then oh, your, your triggers are, are like paddle shifters and those that's the only difference but it was okay hella hell on brand for that guy his name is wheels <laughs> if i recall correctly wheels. <laughs> um yeah. but yeah if you if you really want to pick up gear um you know there's uh the best fight sticks that i can think of um like the cadillac of the of the uh, the fight sticks is the victrix pro it's like a 400 stick um Ooh. combo obsidian i would also recommend as a good entry uh that's like probably closer to $150, $200. And then Razer makes some pretty good products too.
2: Razer, like the... Go ahead. I was going to ask, does wireless versus wired have like a tribalism kind of thing too?
0: Yeah, (laughs) for a lot of different reasons. Um, Wired is always going to be faster. Uh, rather it's going to be have less latency uh, so I mentioned like frames right you're counting frames and you're hitting like one frame timings that's one sixtieth of a second so if there's latency on your controller you're going to be kind of screwed but for controller players like um like ps4 controller players like they don't have any other options besides playing wireless because the ps4 doesn't allow you that like you can plug it in but it's still connected via wire- bluetooth um and uh from a tournament standpoint, it's a nightmare because uh, when it's wireless, that means anybody can like sign into the game uh, remotely. So oh. if you have a big major tournament and you have like hundreds of people walking around, and some guy just played on his tournament set, unplugs his controller and leaves the controller synced with the PS4. Uh, he walks away, and then his you know his, and he puts the controller in his pocket, and his finger brushes on on the home button. And then that activates the old system. Oh, and no. if someone's in the middle of a tournament oh, match no. there, it pauses their game. And at that point, it's nobody's fault in the tournament match. So you can't you can't you have to basically restart the whole thing. So they're a nightmare oh. wireless controllers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh dang.
1: Never thought about that. Yeah, that's interesting.
2: Um so what makes a good controller a good fight stick, right? Because I know like people look for specific things, but what makes what makes a good piece of gear?
0: Um, it's kind of like when you ask, like when when you you go on the internet and you say, "I want to learn how to play a musical instrument," and you don't like, or a guitar, right? And you don't want to skimp on, you don't want to get a crappy one because it's not gonna, it's just gonna give you more trouble to learn on. And so you, there's like a certain standard for fight fight sticks where, um, you want to have Sanwa buttons or some equivalent of Sanwa JLF buttons. Um, those are a Japanese company that makes these push buttons that are, um. They are activated via ball bearings and so they're not like cherry switches like in a keyboard. Because mm-hmm. cherry switches actually have a uh, a degree of give and delay on them. Um
2: Well, we all know cherry's trash on this podcast.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People have been trying so we to under... oh, go sorry, go ahead.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say so we understand. Yes, we understand
0: this. <laughs> yeah. Um arcade like the actual like joystick part of the the fight stick, um is a uh, is it can be a variety of different parts, but I would recommend a Sanwa JLF first. Um, those are um, kind of the standard. They have a square gate, and the throw is pretty pretty short. Uh, they come standard in every stick that I just named, too, like the Obsidian and the Vitrix and the the uh, the H, the Razor products. Um, the one thing that I would not recommend getting is one of those Hori starter product products, like the sixty dollars or the hundred dollar even arcade sticks because those are made with like knockoff parts um and they they don't last as long they're not as quick quick as responsive you have to hit them harder so it's actually harder on your fingers like um if you're gonna if you're gonna invest in one i would go for uh like standard parts like sanwa
1: that makes sense yeah the the thing that i remember from playing fighting games on a controller is that you get like blisters on your fingers yeah where you, it sounds like you wouldn't get them with like the fight stick
0: uh you can get you can get blisters if you hold the stick a certain way or gotcha. if you you and like like uh i guess injuries in the fgc are actually a relatively new phenomenon because um <laughs> we are at the point now where people are doing it professionally and so there's actual like esports physical therapists that i've talked to and like how do you like smash brothers melee in particular is awful on your hands terrible on your hands um and in tetris tetris uh i'm talking like classic tetris on the nes um there's a new uh uh there's a new method called hyper tapping when it's actually adopted by all the new generation of players and uh, like like 16 year old kids and they're all having hand issues at 16 years old because of the way they're they're doing this tetris technique that's a little bit outside of the fighting game realm but Basically, yeah. yeah, injuries and whatnot, like carpal tunnel and uh nerve pain and all that stuff, really does factor into um, like fighting game, uh, like playing and taking breaks and sitting with appropriate posture and all that stuff. Yeah, um, is, is
1: yeah, is hyper tapping the one where you vibrate your fingers on the back, you roll your fingers on the back of the controller? Yes, uh, yeah, okay, because I don't remember where I saw a video, maybe. Or I have a son and he doesn't sleep, so I was really late at night on YouTube, like 2 two in the morning, and I was watching a video about that. And I was like, that's so interesting. You just roll <laughs> your... Because you tap faster by like, bumping the back of the controller into your finger. Yeah. As opposed to... Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know. That makes uh, sense. The,
0: the latest technique that I've seen is like they flip the controller over, so that way oh. the left and right on the pad is making contact with your knee. And then you use your left and right fingers to... Press on the back of the controller, and that'll help it. That like you can use the gravity oh. of the controller to depress the buttons faster.
1: Dang. Okay.
0: Yeah, dude. That's insane. That, like, this yeah. is blowing my mind. That's yeah, that's you... Tetris, though. <laughs> I don't have like yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's some idiosyncrasies with fighting game sticks too. Like, um, I actually don't even play on a on a fight stick. I play on a thing called a hit box, where you take your arcade stick oh. and then you swap it out with four directional buttons instead. So it's kind of like oh, a, wow. a WASD setup.
1: Oh, I see. Well, that'd be so weird. Okay. Is that pretty common or just like you're a hipster?
0: Um, it it's becoming more common. Um I see. Yeah. Before, like, fighting games were so uh influenced by arcade culture because that's where Street Fighter Two came up, that's where Mortal Kombat came up and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. that you you didn't actually want to learn how to play on another contro- kind of controller because then you wouldn't be able to play at arcade tournaments because you're playing on a cabinet, right? Right. Um, but Nowadays, no one runs tournaments on arcade cabinets anymore. No one, arcades aren't really that, that common anymore. Uh, they're making a resurgence with arcades and whatnot. But like, uh, because of that, everybody can play on anything they want. Uh, I saw mm-hmm. someone try to play on a Guitar Hero controller. That doesn't work, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's novel. <laughs> yeah.
3: Interesting. <clears throat>
2: Ooh, I have a question about that then. So, like, arcades are kind of going away, right? And kind of mm-hmm. making a comeback, but not really, right? um like how has that affected like the whole scene right because like now with covid there's the online potential right like how does that all work together now
0: um so the pandemic definitely impacted the fgc um online fighting games i mentioned that you know you're playing at milliseconds of timing um so things like your your computer monitor like if there's any display latency or input lag on the console or anything like that uh we had an instance where the um the heat, like we had a PlayStation, like a PlayStation will overheat more often, and it'll actually cause it to drop frames, and then that impacts timing as well. So, if you take that and like those kinds of volatile situations, and then you put that online as well, where you have packet loss and you know high pings, or like you know some some relay server that I was talking to hiccups somewhere, and so now I have my latency spiked, so therefore I dropped frames. Um, your netcode on your fighting game is really important um and so up until i want to say 2014 or so um there wasn't really a gold standard for netcode um and so fighting games were virtually impossible to play online so what ends up happening then is you have if if you can't play the game if you want to play the game competitively but you can't play it online then the only thing you can do is go to your locals and mm. And by impossible, I mean like they have online modes, but they just they feel like crap. There's delay on your inputs. There's rollback that's unnecessary. There's, um, you know, it just feels sluggish. There's stuttering and freezing and whatnot. Um, so when when COVID rolled around, like you know, our scene thrives on in-person contact and you know, major events and where everybody's in a room together. And so COVID forced all of us to play online and basically settle for, um. Uh, a lesser experience um so what that's forced the fgc to do and what's that that's forced game developers to do is actually uh do do better at coding netcode um and uh do, doing a bunch of different rollback techniques to to minimize input lag and um then build tournament circuits based on that because now we're talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line and it's for some of these online tournaments um and just the online scene kind of skyrocketed because of the pandemic because that was our only way to keep playing fighting games
2: that makes sense yeah i remember i was talking to you about that earlier where that one guy was basically shitting on capcom and saying he was gonna go <laughs> yeah. go play guilty gear i think right
0: yeah yeah so he was shitting on capcom because the netcode sucks in street fighter 5. um it, it it's it stutters a lot and that affects your competition your, your, your ability to compete um so that that guy in particular you're talking about punk he's he's uh he's Mm -hmm. very young uh he's also very uh he's one of the best like in in, or he's if not the best player in street fighter 5 so he gets kind of uh an ego i suppose or he's got this he's got this (laughs) the standing to say stuff like that um but it's kind of funny yeah just just
2: to give people background on it so basically he wins the Capcom like the Street Fighter Five tournament right at that point, and then they're interviewing him in the official Capcom channel, and he just basically starts shitting on Capcom and oh Street Fighter God. and how, yep. how the netcode sucks.
1: How <laughs> some tact, man! <laughs> Kids these days, man.
0: He's actually oh. been banned from a from a tournament before, or put in loser oh. put in loser's bracket because of. Uh, saying things like that (laughs) and actually putting that on his opponents, being like hey you have shitty internet it's your fault I lost and it's unsportsmanlike
1: oh my god I guess now we're on to talking to people uh do you recommend any streamers or youtubers that people could like I guess follow there's always like a following around like famous people in this area
0: yeah yeah so um it kind of depends on your degree of uh, like how how deep you want to get into fighting games right so if you're just like a casual fan and you want to like you know like you really like the lore or the art or you want if you want to like be entertained more so and be a spectator like maximilian is a really good uh youtuber slash twitch player um I he doesn't really him. go super deep into fighting games but sorry say it one more time
2: i watch him he's cool i like watching yeah him,
0: but... yeah he's cool um i've i i there are a couple times where like before he got really big, like he got really big with Marvel versus Capcom three. And like, I remember just like hanging out with him a lot or or like, and, and seeing him a lot at Evo and uh, he's a pretty, he's a really very real person uh, like down to earth and doesn't have a huge ego or anything. I think that's what makes him so successful with the casual audience. Um, If you want to get into like competitive scene, if you're a beginner level player, I'd recommend uh, James Chen. Um, He's Mm a, commentator but he's really good at breaking it down in, in the layman's terms um and then like the high quality if the deeper you get but even even then the, the other youtubers that i'm gonna mention are also just really good in general uh say who is another commentator he talks he breaks down fighting game theory a lot and then core a gaming uh which is a youtuber from korea so it's c-o-r dash like okay. okay, c-o-r-e dash a like core dash a okay but also korea uh Korea gaming. Um <laughs> and uh he makes like really just good good tutorials on like this is why movement is important in fighting games or this is why button mashing doesn't work and it's just really high quality informative. <laughs> well, I still try.
1: Nice <laughs> <laughs> uh, good good resources I'll probably post them on the links links on the Wait uh, wait shows. wait I have
0: one
2: more I have one more oh, awesome. I have one more awesome. I know this one channel called Spiral Series.
3: Yeah <laughs>
2: Link
3: in the
1: that. comments yeah. below. Yeah, he's pretty cool. <laughs> awesome. So, in, I guess the final question, which is not really like a, it's kind of like a wild card. Did Did you grow up playing games and kind of watch? What is kind of like your childhood game? If you did,
0: yeah, not, I it doesn't um... have
1: to be fighting game. It could be anything.
0: Yeah, uh, my my dad bought me an NES when I was really young I mainly I just think he he bought it for himself so he could play on it Um, (laughs) and a lot of different NES games that I think of when I think of early childhood. But Super Mario Brothers 3 is probably the one that like I think of the most. Um, And then like the first game that I ever beat, uh, because I couldn't beat Mario 3. I couldn't beat a lot of NES games because they were hard. Uh, But Kirby's Dream Land was the first game that I beat. And uh, I remember reading that like that was by design. They made it easy on purpose for young players to be able to beat their first video game.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah, dude, games back in the day they were not easy. Yeah, like <laughs> you couldn't beat them. Like, yeah, if you were five, I don't know how old you were when you were playing games, but I was five when I first started playing games, mm. and I just was stuck. I was playing Sonic the Hedgehog too. I was stuck in there forever. I just playing it again. And if you all your lives run out, tough shit. Go back to the beginning. Start yeah. again. <laughs>
0: Yeah, a lot of that's actually rooted in arcade culture too because you'd have a game that was ported over from the arcades and so it's hard on purpose that way. When The more you die, the more quarters you get, you know?
3: Right.
2: Mm. Or, you know, sadistic like The Lion King. <laughs>
0: the game, man. I had that game
1: too. My parents thought it would be cute. That game is a nightmare for a child. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's so hard.
2: I remember watching a speedrunner recently beat it and I am just like, <laughs> Why? Don't do this to me.
1: (laughs) The uh, giraffe part is where I got stuck.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: They just don't go. It doesn't make sense. As a kid, it didn't make sense. The pattern didn't click. Oh, man. That's awesome. Even now
2: watching Speedrunner, it doesn't make sense. So I don't know what you're talking (laughs) about. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Oh, man. Ooh, I have a question. Something that's always been on my mind about fighting games. Yeah. Have you heard of Salty Bet?
0: yeah absolutely yeah that was um one of the fgc folks <laughs> uh-huh. set it up uh
2: how is like what is that game called Mugen or something like that right
0: yeah mugen um
2: Mugan? yeah like what is the thoughts on that because i've always seen like the salty bet channel and they're just playing fighting games and i was just like that's neat like how do yeah. people take that
0: um uh, we like, all took it for like we were super excited when we saw salty bet come out because it was just fun to just the have drinks with friends and then say who's going to win um mm-hmm. that's actually like blown up in recent times where there's a show that say puts on called will it kill and what he does is he puts he brings up fighting game clips and he just he pauses them like right when a combo happens and he says is this combo going to kill and you just have oh. to guess and see are, are they dead or not and it's just always these hype moments yeah salty bet so, yeah, yeah. so this? just to give you
2: some background so yeah uh mission is like a game engine right that they just uh-huh. ported a bunch of different fighting games characters and non-fighting game characters and then salty bet was his twitch channel that basically just had like they were i'm assuming they were ai controlled right mm-hmm. yep yeah. and then they're just fighting and it's just match after matchup after matchup of just these two ais going at it
0: it's really mm. cool so the cool thing nice. about it is, so Mugen is like an open—I uh, don't know if I'll call it open source—but it's a game that's easily moddable, and so you can actually add any kind of characters in. And it, the fighting game engine itself is completely busted; like it's not a good game, <laughs> but yeah. it's like you could you could actually import other engi- other like uh, game mechanics, like parries and you know like super meters and whatnot. And so what ends up happening is everybody creates these custom characters; they rip them from other fighting games, and you just get this mad crossover. So like you know, a, a, a meme for salty bet was like, okay, I'm going to, if I'm going to bet, I'm always going to bet on Dragon Ball characters because they always win. Or like, unless you see Omega Tom Hanks and Omega Tom Hanks is always going to win this <laughs> match. You know, it's like, like, uh, Peter Griffin versus Homer Simpson or, you know, like mortal combat, uh, a mortal combat ninja versus a maid, <laughs> like just, just random, <laughs> random stuff. They're awesome. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I, I didn't know about this.
1: That's funny. Oh man. I guess like the last thing I had, I posted that link up to, uh, what's it called, Donkey's video on oh, yeah. how to get to the top top <laughs> rank. I, I'm sure you guys have seen it. If yeah. not, it's super cheese. I don't know, like so. I I can, reminds me of like the Mortal Kombat like sweeping kick, right? So the the video is just this guy Donkey going. Climbing the ranks, going with this cheese move uh, on Guilty Gear, and I guess I just want to take, get your take on that. Like, is yeah, that a sure. thing people do, and is that a viable strategy? Does it, I mean, he seems to have climbed the ranks just fine.
0: Yeah. So the way, um, so he plays a character called May, uh, and uh-huh. what you do is um, she's got a move where she uh, rides a dolphin, and uh, she's got two different kinds of dolphins. She rides, she rides a dolphin that's fast and a dolphin that's slow and um the dolphin that is slow can be interrupted or you can but a- if they block it then you can actually loop it and do it again so it creates this cheese situation that you mentioned where you're you're basically just looping that dolphin over and over and over again and it's, it's she's she's yelling Mr. Dolphin the whole time it's it's pretty annoying <laughs> yes. um and if you don't know how to beat it it's got a hard counter but if you don't know how to beat it you're going to lose to it um and so uh yeah, in this video he's basically climbing up using that same strategy over and over again. Um and it's that's both really like that's a guilty gear thing where guilty mm-hmm. gear you basically are trying to execute your win condition at all times. So some characters are really good at far range pokes, May's really good at putting a big hitbox on the screen uh, in in the form <laughs> of a dolphin and or an anchor and just trying to smother smother their opponent until they die. Um and so donkey's video was clipped to show every time he used that string but he didn't necessarily necessarily use that to win the entire thing um I see. now every now and then you're gonna run into an opponent that doesn't know what to do in that scenario and if you know it's like sun tzu art of war stuff where if it doesn't if it keep if it works once you just keep hammering on that and expend the least <laughs> amount of energy thinking about what your other options are because there's this option is going to keep working why bother trying anything else um and then, yeah, he climbed up to celestial rank. Where guilty gear's got a tower that you climb, basically, and it goes from one through ten. And then at ten, you get to get, go to celestial, uh, which is the top, the top floor. Um, but in the competitive community, that's actually where all the scrubs live, <laughs> <laughs> uh, including oh, like, so. myself. Okay, gotcha. yeah, it's just it's it's like the 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 tower is really good for if you're new to fighting games and you just want to be like really close to those people at your level. But there's a point where like nowadays it's if you know how to play fighting games you're on floor nine and ten and if you if you are good at fighting games then you're in celestial uh, which i think the donkey is good at fighting games or he knows how to play them at least um and if you don't know how to play you're like you know floors one through eight
1: gotcha yeah i mean he does like uh, i mean his videos are satire right he makes fun of stuff and he knows how to play games but i just thought it's funny because it's always like that one person doing those cheese moves and, and it's super frustrating. Yeah. And, I, and it's just like ah uh, can you please play the game properly or something but i i just i laughed the whole time because it, it's funny
0: yeah I and mean, <laughs> old in older games like uh, in arcades right you'd actually have like house rules where you're not allowed to throw anybody because if you throw that's cheap you know and yeah. then I, I had a i had a, a friend uh he's he's significantly older than i am um and i say that because i'm going to tell him i'm going to show, show him this podcast <laughs> he's way <laughs> older than i am uh, he had a knife pulled on him at desert sky <laughs> oh <dang. laughs> and because he, th- he threw too much or he was winning too much or something like that so like Ugh. there are these like people just got it in their minds that blocking was cheap or like no blocking allowed only honor system where you gotta you gotta like strike each other you know and that it nothing is like if it's in the game then it should be it's fair game like it's fair to to use no there's nothing that's inherently right. unfair I guess,
1: but I guess you couldn't patch games back in the day, right? So I guess if that's the only thing, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I I go both ways. I I remember playing with my brothers as kids, and we had rules too, and we would get into like actual fights because we were like, mm-hmm. "You can't do that anymore," <laughs> or whatever. It's just, it was just, yeah. It, if we had knives, they would be out. All right? <laughs> 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 so I understand uh, the frustration.
3: Oh, that's funny
2: believe it i believe it i have one all final right. question if Yeah, you go first, ahead, man. all right what is your opinion on the 1994 street fighter movie
0: i was gonna <laughs> ask that too uh <laughs> is that one the animated one or the john claude van damme one
2: john claude van damme
0: uh i have not i've seen bits and pieces of it um
2: you're breaking my heart
0: yeah i hear it's a cult (laughs) classic it's got it's got a dream cast and that's cool um (laughs) but yeah i i've you know i've heard i've heard it's it's way better than than the the um animated tv show uh but the and then the animated movie is probably the best of the three
2: disagree but
1: that's okay. <laughs>
0: it's not a good movie, man. You know it's not a good
1: movie, yeah.
2: <laughs> bro. It had such many, so many good one-liners, though. Like you sit there, you're just entertained the entire time. I it's like it was Mortal a good Kombat, movie.
0: right? So yeah, I'm gonna get in my oh, boat. Man. I'm gonna go over and kick Bison's ass <laughs> into the future or something. I forget who, <laughs> who says. Yeah. For me, it's <laughs> only it was only Tuesday.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's such a good line. The delivery. Yeah. Bison is the best.
1: We'll have to watch that and review it on the podcast. And yeah. John, you're welcome to join us. If yeah, you, that'd be cool. Uh, since it's like down your alley. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, guys. Well, I don't want to take this super long, but that was pretty informative. Pretty awesome. Thank you for taking the time, John, to talk to us about this scene. It, I learned a ton.
0: Yeah, anytime. Uh, it was
1: awesome. Well, anyway, with that, we're out. Peace. See ya. Later. Cheers. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please give us a star, heart, or leave us a review. You can follow us on Twitch, Twitter, or YouTube at Stomp Podcast. That's P-U-B-S-C-O-M-P-O-D-Cast. For more episodes, go to anchor.fm slash pubstomp. Music provided by 99lives. Credits are in the episode description.